0: minus three is presented for the people by caesar sportsbook you bet you get with caesar's rewards must be 21 or older minus three with dave Damaschet. hi and hello sports fans welcome to minus three presented as ever by omaha oh so much to get to today with our pals kevin hench and eddie spaghetti and we'll do that but real quick Get in the rear view mirror just a couple of days back and listen in on our how wow, our reunion with two of the fan favorites of all time from the days of the DDFP and beyond Matt Money Smith, voice of the Chargers and handsome Hank Hodgson. What is he again? The king of England or what? I don't know what role that has in the National Football League, Eddie Spaghetti, but it was a gay time to be sure. Go back and listen to that one. At your leisure, I think it'll play just about any time in front of football season. We get in pretty good on the AFC, specifically the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Steelers, not coincidentally and beyond. So go back and listen to that one. And now let's say hello to our fellows. There's Eddie Spaghetti back in his usual spot behind the glass and from high atop show business, walking the picket line, or he's taking a break from it right now. It's our guy, Kevin Hench. How are you there,
1: Hench? I'm good, brother. Man, it's been yeah. it's been good times out there on the picket lines. It was funny because I think Imagine Dragons was the first band to show solidarity with the writers by performing at Netflix for the picketers at Netflix. Good. And then I texted two of my buddies who told me about it. I said, "Well, where's Rage Against the Machine? That's their whole brand. You can't let Imagine Dragons." be at the picket line the next day, Tom Morello from rage against the machine shows up at my local picket on, uh, on, on Radford studios over here uh, in my neighborhood. And he cranks out all his Woody Guthrie, Pete Seeger union acoustic tunes, which is not really what a rage against the machine fan wants to hear, but he can't really amp up in a driveway. Uh, but anyway, incredible. Brought his 99 year old mom. He was incredible. My that- local picket
0: is uh, is not believed in. And we get into that with Matt Money Smith. I just have to say that Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny uh, Pickett. Georgia you're Pickett. making requests, though, Pickett Hench, and, and, well, and meeting them. And it sounds like to me, like Imagine Dragons as the opener is really that was. The man challenging your resolve out there. Like you really want to be on the picket line. Very, very, let's see how very, let's see how much you're gonna do while uh, you have to. I appreciate
1: everyone's support. I'm not gonna drag Imagine Dragons, even though my 15-year-old informed me. Not cool, Dad. Um, but then yesterday at Paramount, my old pal Rivers Cuomo cranking mm-hmm. out a couple weezer tunes for the writers. Uh, Fun fact, Rivers Cuomo, excellent soccer player. I don't know if that really tracks, Hmm. but like great, like footwork, close control, uh, played many times with him, somehow missed him, even though I was at Paramount yesterday. And then today, do believe the hype, Flava Flav performing at Warner Brothers. I don't don't really know what performing means when it's Flava Flav, but uh, uh, for the writers today, uh, tomorrow, there's gonna be a performance of newsies at Disney. I think I'll take hmm. Gigi. So uh we're we're digging in for the long haul, man. These these f- corporate suits better be ready to lose forty million dollars a day for a long time.
0: I mean, obviously I lean towards uh, the proletariat, you know, but I do think that the welders union in Ohio is probably going to be a little jealous, right? I mean, they're not getting uh, big hitters coming out there. Rivers Cuomo is a good soccer player. And what's further as you just worked in there. So casually, as you dropped his name, you played
1: soccer with him. A hundred times. Really? Who's better? You or him? It's not important. We're together. That's what uh, in that solidarity. Uh, I mean, is that what sports is? Is who's better than whom? That's true. I got to stick to my my beliefs here. Uh, I, I would probably get picked before before Rivers okay. if we were you know if it was a pickup game. You know, I'm a little let's just say a little uh, higher work rate. It,
0: oh, I get you. You that's know,
1: you. he's a front man. He he likes going forward. Mm-hmm. Someone else can run back on deep.
0: It's funny when you see musicians, more so than actors or athletes, for whatever reason, in my book, out in the wild, not playing music. I ran into Tom Morello. Well, it's funny because it was at a music festival. At, why can't I think of that? Boy, I'm Lollapalooza. My goodness, I am old. I was at one of the early Lollapaloozas because I'm old. And so it was one of the first ones. And he was just there as a fan. And uh, me and a couple of friends were talking to him casually and he had on a Chicago Cubs cap. And we were taught me and the other guy were like, Hey Tom, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And he couldn't have been more sort of laid back and friendly and we're like, Oh Cubs, I didn't know you were a big Cubs guy and so on and so forth. And was so sort of laid back that the other guy was like, how do you go? How do you know that guy? We're like Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. And he couldn't get over it. It was very disarming to be around him, not with that guitar in his hand, but we didn't play soccer. So I don't know who's better at that.
1: But I feel like everybody who has a Tom Morello story has the same Tom Morello story, which is like, what a great guy, which by the way, as we've talked about, that's your legacy. As opposed to Ty Cobb, three people at the funeral, two of them work at the cemetery. Like, you know, you want to just be a good guy. Um, so he he couldn't be, he couldn't be greater. And then to the soccer of it, there's a great Bob Marley documentary. Right. Also a soccer lunatic. Uh, Rod Stewart, I believe, soccer lunatic as the Brits tend to be. This was fun because uh, we would get, we would get like professional players to come out and play with us. But Gordon Ramsey, the psychotic celebrity chef. Sure. Great soccer player. And in even bigger upset lovely guy just lovely guy to be out kicking a ball with um god man i'm getting wistful for when i had these two functioning knees so i've heard so wonder what would be if you took the entire
0: music community because now there is a remake of white man can't jump which reminds me to shout out don't go against damashek uh, you know, don't land wars in China and sports again with Damashek. Don't go against me if I tell you something. I told you the Lakers were going to make the playoffs, and uh, so too did Mark Gunnels. We teamed up against Sal and Martin. They said the Lakers wouldn't make it. They were wrong. They had to dip into the cap of consequences, and the result was they had to dress up like Harrelson and Snipes. And white men can't jump and go over to Venice Beach and get it handed to them out there. And uh, so find that on social media where whichever your favorite one is. That's good stuff there. But who would be so anyway, the musician, I can't think of his name, Jack Harlow. Is is he good spaghetti? Do you know anything about Jack Harlow? He's a hip hop guy.
2: Yeah, I think he's like a, a white rapper. So that is not really my field of expertise. But uh, he is immensely popular right now.
0: But is he good? You don't know you know, you have no idea about hip hop. Eddie Spaghetti, a 21st century guy, but you but your music tastes I mean, I, I, go I back know. to my to when spaghetti and I when Hench and I were your age. That's the music you like
2: now. Right. I mean Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave. I could, you know, even his night watchman solo stuff, know plenty of that. But Jack Harlow, again, I know who these people are. I just don't listen to their their content. Doesn't mean it's bad, just it's not for me. That's what would it. be who
0: would be what sport would be the best? for the musicians of the world well don't the pearl jam guys Base- play basketball isn't well,
2: that moogie blaylock definitely played basketball but i i think like baseball lately because like tom roll you think cubs he always wears the cubs hat eddie Vetter, cubs fan jack white um is also i believe he's a dual tigers and cubs fan because he grew up near the memphis uh, i mean the, the detroit area but then also uh i forgot his chicago ties but uh i think baseball is definitely something that a lot of musicians like bruce springsteen gets caught at a lot of baseball games too he goes yeah
0: but no 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 he told on himself he made the cardinal mistake of allowing a film crew when you think see this is this is a great example of when you are insulated from the truth because of your star power and no one in your circle tells you the grim reality that's what happened to springsteen back in the mid 80s when he shot that video like uh what was that what's the song uh Lord Lord days. Lord days. Yeah. when he throws
1: the ball when the he throws the ball, ball. not the no. fastball he throws a speedball someone should have said bruce it's not called a speedball <laughs> <laughs>
0: not very good bruce doesn't doesn't look like you've been doing a lot of that been playing a lot of guitar
1: Ain't been throwing the ball around uh, too much. You know, he's a huge soccer fan and and uh, owner of of the Watford Hornets in England is Elton John. That'd be fun Mm. to watch him waddle around a soccer field (laughs) for
0: (laughs) ninety minutes. It is always the dream, and it's fun to talk to a member of one of the three spokes. Athletes all want to be musicians musicians all want to be actors and actors all want to be athletes. I know. I, I forget if that's the, the relationship of the three things. Anyhow,
1: um, I, w- I, w- I wish the Celtics wanted to be athletes. They're just so <laughs> bored. They're so bored by their day jobs. They look good for the first half. That's I know, something, that was, right? That was Missoula's uh, <laughs> press conference. He literally, his press conference was like, we were fine. What do you mean? What are you talking about? I mean, for the first half. I mean we basically <laughs> we basically split the double header so I don't know why everyone's saying we're in a 10 hole like I, I it makes bo- me
0: crazy the empirical evidence in front of all of us and then uh, and then when a coach tries to deny it like we saw the same thing you did, man. I like, don't stop lying to us about this. We, this isn't some mystery that played out behind closed doors. We all witnessed the same thing you did. You don't have to attempt to explain it away. You can just say, I don't know what happened. That was bad. We got Jimmy Butler. We better match
2: that energy. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah,
1: I say, that's a good segue, actually, to go- our goats. Um, because my bad goat is not Joe Missoula, because it can't be Joe Missoula every week. Hmm. But I. I will say it's a good transition from Joe Missoula to my actual bad goat. Joe Missoula. Remember those, uh, castro oil commercials, uh, thermal viscosity breakdown, Mm -hmm. like Joe Missoula needs, like the heat scored 46 points in the third quarter. can we just get a number Joe where you'll call a timeout 58 points in a quarter? When will you call a timeout? Then the Celtics score seven points to open the fourth and Spolster hits a timeout right away. Like, okay, we got to stem this tide. Uh, so obviously Joe Mazz doesn't, doesn't know how to use timeouts. I think part of it, as I've said on this pod, is that he knows the huddle is wired and no one on that team listens to him. So uh, any timeout is just going to be uh, five vacant star, the stars just looking at pretty girls in the stands daydreaming thinking about being musicians and anything about but basketball so it's embarrassing to call timeout but of course it's also embarrassing not to call timeout maybe he should do the move oh this is going to be a perfect transition it's going to be like i thought about it maybe he should do doc rivers move which is call timeout angry and then you and then you walk out to the middle of the court uh, while you go to commercial with your team with your assistants the, the players sit and feel shame while you pretend that you're drawing up plays.
0: <laughs> that is a great, what is
1: that move? You're so right. That, as though you're scolding your
0: children. They they walk away, but the move of not calling a timeout is like, also the, the curmudgeons, the college level curmudgeons, like Bayheim and Knight and those guys at their peaks, they do the same thing, like, They're not listening to me. You do something. I'm just going to stand here like, well, it's your job, man. Why don't you do something? Try
1: try to get in the way of this. It is like, you know, bringing in a lefty to face a lefty. It's like one of the three things you have to know how to do. And obviously this deer in the headlights child. I mean, can you imagine the, you know, what do they call it? The bends in in scuba diving when you just you just Mm. go up way too fast. And the decompression, like you know, like he went from the 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 the, the not the top assistant to the head coach. And and he and he looks like it like it's like, oh, my God, this guy came up, came up too fast. And and he's got the bends. Um, Not my bad goat because my. bad. Well, I want
0: to ask you about this, though, unless you're moving on from the Celts here. I I, want to ask you about them Uh, specifically. You know, Sal mentioned this on extra points. And I'm curious about whether or not you like this. And you should at least vibe to the heat. Obviously, they're playing your favorite team. So um, but. They are like Belichick's Patriots, right? You have all these these guys that nobody wanted. Or maybe the, the better analogy is the Raiders of the 70s who really did build uh almost dynasty by bringing all these retreads around. You don't want them? Okay, we'll take them. And they and they end up, but you know, Belichick. It is weird that this team is winning games in uh, a superstar-driven league. They have Jimmy Butler and a bunch of
1: ho-hums and a bunch of like that guy who didn't get drafted seven undrafted free agents i mean but i think your belichick analogy is right in that spolstra understands the game he understands what you want to achieve on every possession you just watch you know and i'll and i'll, I'll get to butler in a second because he's my good goat uh, i'm sorry if he's everyone's good goat it's, it's pretty obvious in these these days who the who the the, the difference maker is in the NBA playoffs. But my bad goat is, is Doc Rivers, who who I, I enjoy, Doc. I, I think I love listening to him talk about victimhood. I love, you know, he could just be a public speaker. I mean, he is. But I think it's pretty clear at this point that he branded himself as this incredible communicator with the young, truculent generation and has has parlayed it into just Hopscotching from one loaded roster to another doc never has to do a rebuild. Every roster has two future hall of famers on it. Like they're, they're ready. Doc's going to get them over the hump. And then he doesn't of course, because he's, he's six and 10 career in game sevens, six and 16 in his last 22 closeout games, like truly the, uh, an unprecedented record of failure when it matters. And he'll be on the short list right? He'll get all the, all the teams that are like, Oh, we just had doc rivers and it's really an amazing achievement in self branding. I've branded myself as this guy, but Mm -hmm. to your point about like, this isn't taking place in private. We, we see what happened when your loaded Clippers were up three games to one against the Rockets. We saw you blow that he's, you know, he's blown multiple three, one leads. And then if you watch, if you watch the five minutes of the fourth quarter of game six, Sixer Celtics, that's not a well-coached team. You're not well-coached. Like, hey, uh, do you want to suggest that the MVP touch the ball? Or are you just going to watch five minutes of utter freelance chaos where Embiid gets no touches? And then Embiid mentions he went to I
0: get watch- nachos with the assistants during the timeout. That's why they yeah. didn't do it
1: you know, Embiid goes, you know, I I barely touched the ball. And it's like, it's true, but there are things that can be done to make sure you touch the ball. Like, I mean, it's not like we were denying him the entry pass. It's just that they're not well coached. They don't execute well. I mean, and the Celtics are not well coached and they don't execute well. Uh, So, you know, obviously the Sixers, like, like many of his ports of call before go, Oh my God, this guy's such a great interview. He's so great in the press conference. And he always frames it like, hey, man, I think I'm getting through to them. You know, we, you know, obviously we have a real challenge here, which we have these, these immature players that need to listen to a, a mature, sophisticated, thoughtful guy like me. And if it fails, it's obviously because nobody can teach these kids. Meanwhile, it's like you have the MVP, the leading scorer in the league, the leading assist man in the league. Tyrese Maxey is a handful. Tobias Harris is a good player. And once again, you can't get out of the conference semifinals. And at a certain point, we have to go. You might not be a good coach. You might be bad at your job. And so I love him. I I think he's a great person. I just think he has pulled off an incredible grift on the NBA by convincing everybody he's a great coach.
0: This is exactly right. You know, Kaiser Soze convinced the world that he didn't exist. And that was a great deed. But I think the thing that we all have within our reach, I have tried to convince other people to try this before. I have learned from marvelous Marvin Hagler. You didn't have to question if he was going to be good when he was on the fight card because he's marvelous. He already told you about that. Fast Willie Parker. Did you play him yet? Doesn't matter. Guess what he's going to be? fast because he told you that that was going to be the case this is the way if you plant the seed johnny football resonated before you watched him play more than 60 minutes okay maybe you saw him beat bama but the reason you knew he was good at football was because his name was johnny football this is the way ask me eddie spaghetti at you're my boss at work i'm sitting in my cubicle doing my numbers or whatever i i have to do say like how you doing dave
2: i'm asking you how you doing Dave?
0: Oh, I, I didn't see you there. Busy. But what else is new? You tell people how hard you're working. They don't know. They don't know if you're working hard. or not. just, when you interact with the boss, let them know you're grinding away. You know, that's what you're up to. And they don't, people are too busy. They're. they're everybody's a narcissist. They, they don't have time to investigate if you're, act, this is what Doc Rivers has done to, the 21st century of pro basketball and it didn't work this particular Jedi mind trick, but in the post game, did you hear after they they lost again, didn't get past the second round. Once again, like he was talking about, Hey, we took strides. This was was an important step on the ladder. Like it's process year number 48 or whatever it is. What are you talking about progress? But I also have to say the only pushback I give and doc's record is what it is in big spots like that. And it's like, but the other guy who deserves a shout out here is James Harden must love the existence of Kyrie Irving because were it not for Kyrie, the conversation would instead focus on James Harden. Like, how much more evidence do you need, everybody? Yeah, you can fill it up. Yeah, he's a dynamite scorer and an impact player, but you don't want him on your team. What more, what more do you need to see from James Harden? And now it sounds like the Houston Rockets who maybe need an attraction or some shiny keys to attract a fan base but outside of that if you're a contender why would you be like oh you know um you know who we need is is james harden is a uh, is an absurd take so yes i uh i agree doc deserves most of the blame but anybody who duped themselves into thinking like yeah we ha- we have a title and you know what i bought it as recently as a week ago it was like to your point about the depth of the sixers like are we sure that the celtics are a better roster or a better rotation than what the uh than what the Sixers are throwing out there right now, and undone by I think a combo of James Harden and the defenders of James Harden. That's the that that's the group that I'm fascinated by right now. What is it like? Hey, he had. Did you hear Kenny Smith? Is that who said it? Like, well, he had two good games in the series. What he's a, he's, he's isn't he supposed to be one of the like ten best players in the league? He's a former MVP. Two good games in a seven game series is not uh, is not suitable. He He, he shot.
1: The- he shot under 28% in seven of their 11 playoff games. What are we talking about? What are we talking, what are we talking
0: about? about with this guy?
1: He's, yeah. a, he, he's a, well, now he's a coach killer. Um, it is wild. If you, if you hate the super team by text of the NBA, hey buddy, hey buddy, uh, who do you want to play for? Like, where do you want to live? Like, oh, right. You got a side piece in New York. Well, let's all play in Brooklyn. Or like, hey, South Beach, want to all play? It's like, it's, if you hate that, this spring was so fantastic for you because hmm. Irie goes to Dallas and and you know I, I forget we talked about their probabilities like they had a seventy percent probability of making the playoffs when he arrived and it just went straight down every game he played and they didn't make the playoffs. Then uh, obviously Harden, one of the you know reasons he has the forty-five point game, he has the forty-two point game, and then five terrible games. Uh, so that he's one of the reasons the sixers lose and then Durant uh you know on the wrong end of an a- kicking again after getting swept last year by the Celtics now he's getting run out of the building up uh, by the nuggets and it's like, oh this ended terribly obviously didn't work in Brooklyn. Then all the pieces went there, you know, I want out of here. Then their new place of arrival had a terrible end. So it was quite, quite a delightful uh, post-mortem to those. uh, 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 I
0: mean, but but why is it so hard for people to do the math? Like who are the common elements in these, in these horrific end of seasons? Uh, It's pretty easy to see who they are. And yet we're, we're about to enter into that phase where people are going to be excited about. I saw an ESPN. Um, Kendrick Perkins talking earlier this week about, and not kidding around, like, hey, the jury's in. You better get it up there in Philadelphia. James Harden is not going to get you to a title. You know who they should go over, uh, go after, who's an unrestricted free agent? Kyrie Irving. What, what the hell are you talking about? What, what, what?
1: Anyway, continue. Well, I will say this about Kyrie, as, as awful as he is in so many ways. He's never going to shoot under 28% in seven out of 11 games. I mean, the guy can shoot like it's, it's the everything else. That's a problem, but Harden doesn't do the everything else. And he shoots terribly. So, so Harden, obviously an honorary bad goat with doc rivers this week's bad goat, the good goat. When you watch Jimmy Butler and I, you know, I, I have some real heat haters in my various threads and like it's, Heart like you shouldn't hate an eight seed like like they're an incredible story. But imagine how much you would love Jimmy Butler if you were a Heat fan. Like if you just put yourself in that Mm. place for three minutes, this is a guy who who goes okay. It's a new possession. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to concentrate on what my goal is on this possession, which is typically on offense to get a good shot and on defense to prevent a good shot. And I'm going to do that on every possession that I'm on the court. Now you watch the Celtics get up 13 and you can see it on your TV. Like, Oh, whew. Oh, thank goodness. Our work is done here. We're up 13 at home. Crowd's going nuts. They just like, they, they just start daydreaming, settling Jimmy Butler. And is is like, I'm going to, I'm going to get a good shot every time down or get a good shot for a teammate. And I'm never going to take a possession off and I'm never going to be in a rush. You know, both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have these kind of like semi out of control drives where like any kind of a double team will strip them. And, you know, obviously Tatum had the catastrophic three possessions in a row that I really haven't, I don't think any of us have seen three turnovers quite like that above eighth grade. (laughs) It really was wild he he jumped in the air and landed in an NBA playoff game. That was a grown up. Oh my god. So Tatum and Brown like they're always on a knife's edge with possession, you know, Tatum obliterated the NBA record for turnovers in one playoff season last year. Um Butler, the opposite. Never in a rush, never out of control, just Measuring, measuring. Remember when Le'Veon Bell was at his absolute peak? Obviously you do. And you're like, how can he wait so long to pick his hole and average 5.2 yards a carry? Like everyone else is hitting that hole full speed. And he's like, I'm just going to take a second and see what happens. And it just worked. Butler has got that deliberate slow, now fast, now slow, but like he's just, it's, it's incredible when everybody knows what they're trying to do that they can't stop it because Jimmy's too good. And there was one moment it was late in the first quarter. Marcus smart closes out on Jimmy Butler at a foul line extended mid range jumper. Jimmy knows it's off right away. Marcus is done participating on defense with the contest. Butler goes right by him, grabs the rebound and the heat end up with a bucket and It's like, I know Marcus Smart is not lazy. I know he's not one of the sort of enigmatic problems on the Celtics, but he also spaces out like the whole team spaces out all the time. Never have you seen a group of players who are, who have been together a long time. They've played together a long time. They've played in many, many, many conference finals together. They've played in an NBA finals together at this point in their careers you really shouldn't need a coach. You really should know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. They are in such desperate need of a coach. And then they look over and like, there's just a a chasm. There's just an empty vacuous, terrified deer in the headlights standing next to their bench. So there's no instruction from the coach there, you know, like, you know, when Spolster calls timeout, it's like, okay, Peyton Pritchard's if Peyton Pritchard comes into this game within three seconds of every the start of our possession, he needs to be on Jimmy Butler. So here's what's going to happen. Richard's man's going to screen Butler's man and force a switch. And now Butler's going to have Pritchard on him. And now we're going to score a basket. That's what you that's how you coach. You cut to Missoula in a timeout. If you know, I mean, I swear he sells his unused timeouts on eBay. Like, what is what is he keeping these things for? Um, you cut to his timeouts and he's like, hey, man, we got to be better on loose balls. Like, we got to start winning some of these 50-50 loose balls. What are these guys going to get up and go out on the court and go, guys, guys, he's right. He's right. We got to start winning these loose balls. Like, it's not an actionable instruction. Whereas, like, whoever Pritchard is guarding, screen Jimmy Butler's man, right. force a switch. That's coaching. And and Joe Missoula is just like, Hey guys, um we got to be more intense out there.
0: That it, it makes me crazy. Hey, we just got to want it more, you know. It doesn't seem like we're we're coming out there with the right energy. Like, I mean, first of all, that does fall back on you, but in response to what happened out there, that is not a satisfying answer that we that we weren't diving around
1: enough on the floor. Absolutely right on that. And and Butler to just finish off my good go to the week. Like you know, I mean Bud and Holzer, you know, did a terrible job, obviously, at the end of that series, the Bucks Heat series. But, you know, that Butler catch and convert at the buzzer to force overtime is it's just a historically great play. And then yesterday, it wasn't the circumstances weren't quite as you know dire. He gets fouled while reaching for an offensive rebound and just tips it in for a three-point play. Like it, it, he just makes like quietly incredible plays throughout the course of the game. And then you look up and you're like, oh, we lost to the heat again. The Jimmy Butler thing, uh, it, you know, I understand it, 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 I'm not sitting there going like this doesn't make any sense. Why is Jimmy Butler dominating? He's awesome. He should dominate. But the we can't exploit Caleb Martin, Max Struess, old man, Kevin Love. N- nobody can can get by these guys nobody can like when max strus is guarding tatum at the end on the first of the three consecutive turnovers tatum dribbled 55 times trying to create an advantage against max strus and and didn't get anywhere until he just gave the ball to the other team it's baffling
0: one um I wonder where Brad Stevens is on all this. This is his choice. And so if the Celtics lose to the Heat, if you go to the finals, are you really going to move on from Missoula? I don't know. But I do think you could make a reasonable case that we can do better, especially with the pipeline now washing coaches ready to take a job. I mean, wouldn't you rather have Monty Williams at least? I mean, there there are a number of good names out there. The musical chairs ahead coaches is interesting.
1: So wait, you think you can do better than the grown-up with a driver's license who drives the Bad News Bears in breaking training? Like, what What? What? would – he's – I don't know what Missoula's quality is. They don't play hard for him. They don't listen to him. He's not an X's and O guy. He doesn't – he never calls timeout at the end of a game because, like, why? Because when he does call timeout, our after-timeout stats are terrible. So you're like – uh, if we, if he doesn't call timeout, we're going to lose a close game. If he does call timeout, we're going to lose a close game. So it's like, yeah, I don't like, what, how about Hubie Brown? I mean, anyone is anyone who's alive. <laughs> anyone
3: Jack is
0: Ramsey alive. isn't alive. He would be better. Yeah. I think, you know, I think you're talking about Bill Devane, If I'm not mistaken, break it. He took over for math. I just watched uh, Buttermaker and Company. That original Bad News Bears is gangbusters. One, two. Bill Devane breaking training, not gangbusters. Even though they end in the in the Astrodome, gangbusters. Marathon Man, yay or nay, Hench?
1: A great oh, picture, incredible. Have you seen that incredible. Hench uh, Spaghetti? Uh,
2: uh, no, I'm not. I don't even think I've heard of it. I think you'll oh, like it. Let's crack yeah, it spaghetti. down. You'll enjoy it's it. so
1: good, and and those movies, especially because it's very atmospheric. They tend to be slow for a young wired brain the way your brain's wired. But I just rewatched Marathon Man recently. And, you know, there is a there is a whole terrifying sequence with Lawrence Olivier that is, you know, it it's a famous scene, obviously. Is it safe? Um it, it will stay with you, Spaghetti. It will stay with you, if you. Yeah, if
0: you're clean and you don't know if it's not in your world, the, is it safe and all of what happens, go watch that. Get back to us on the other side. The only thing that'll bum you out is as a minor distraction is the one thing that's gotten better in movies is that when somebody gets shot or stabbed, it. I, I mean, I guess I don't know what that really looks like, but it seems to portray it more accurately than what 70s movies do. Like the ketchup stain of blood is distracting to me now it's like what the hell you couldn't do better you didn't have more budget um for uh for the special effects there all right now oh what i was also going to say about jimmy butler is i thought kyle lowry i'm surprised you would like jimmy butler because kyle lowry said what's a what, what do you love about jimmy he said like he's the best superstar because when i get the ball he's like shoot it shoot it and that's the opposite of Kevin Hench. I've been a teammate on his and he's like, give the ball to me. Give give the ball to me, pot belly loser. You know, like I'm the man. I'm the man in our 3 on 3 team. See, right. don't you shouldn't you take a page from Jimmy Butler? So,
1: I'm not as good as Jimmy Butler. Fair. Right. Right. Fair. Okay. Uh but the gap between me and Jimmy Butler not as big as the gap between you and Kyle Lowry. No, like obviously, if I played with Kyle Lowry on the blue top, I would say shoot it, buddy. Uh huh. But yeah. I'm playing with you.
0: How would we tell the difference? You're both fat. That's that's what you have in
1: common with oh, Kyle Lowry. Okay, first of all, I I bet my height and weight right now is would be shockingly close to Kyle Lowry's actually. <laughs> but <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I, I'm on the I'm on the uh, downswing. I'm uh, oh, I, good. Hit, you know, I have as I've t- I've explained to you guys 196. Is my uh, tripwire fail safe alarms go off at 196? And then I and then I start dialing it back.
0: Yeah, you're a smaller man. What are you? Five foot nine?
1: Five nine and a half. These with these new sneakers, I can say five ten. No one's gonna call me on it.
0: Five nine and a half, and he's almost pushing two bills spaghetti. That's that's getting a little don't flex for anybody. Uh, Nobody wants to see that. Well, they don't want to think it's all in my belly. It also came up once again. I can't help it. When people start talking, who would win in a fight? Martin Weiss said that you might get some votes if there were a staff-wide extra points fight. Some people might vote for you. And I said, Kevin Hedge in a fight? He's a good athlete. I wouldn't worry about him in in fisticuffs. There, I'd put at least four or five guys in front of you. I'm putting myself at the bottom, by the right, way. Right. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, you're, literally I would, the,
1: you're literally the only guy on the staff who can't make this point. I would rather. I can make fight, whatever point I want. I would literally rather fight you than either of the Megans. Uh, I
0: made the same joke, so I beat you to it. So I am, I, but that's fine. I, that, I'm not saying I'm a. Pu- I've said it before, I'll say it again, without shame. I'm a man at peace. I don't want any of that business. That's not what Although, I'm about.
1: Although, you know, all the fights I've been in, I don't know if I've ever fought a southpaw. I'd have to adjust. Hmm.
0: I might do like Balboa in, uh, in his second go-round with Creed. I might change great, up. I
1: might go right-handed. This is a great stupid subject, though. Like, I mean, spaghetti and meatballs would be, I mean, would they be the two... Favorites. Well, meatballs was
0: a a, he's a, he's a um, like a record, like a state record holder, right, or something like that in rest. So he would obviously win. But that's what I said to Martin. I said I'd worry more about Sal. So we watched him drop a uh, half man, half beast, two hundred and thirty pound Ray. In under ten seconds. I mean, it's weird. Those guys who know how to wrestle—that's yeah. like a—that's like a superpower. The guys who know how to wrestle, like they just doesn't matter how big you are. They can just get you down into the ground in a blink of an eye. It's it's something. To say. Anyway, let me squeeze in a quick break here.
3: Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? But ah, before you answer two words caesar's rewards those are the two words every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only caesar's can offer i'm talking about hotel stays vip experiences sports and concert tickets even more than just that it's not only an app it's an empire 21 plus must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana maryland massachusetts michigan nevada new jersey new york ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia wyoming or washington dc sports betting is void in georgia hawaii utah and other other states were prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1 800 Gambler.net. Arizona, call 1 800 Next Step. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Cross and Casino, call 1 800 522 4700. Indiana, call 1 800 9 with it. I- Iowa call 1-800-bets-off, Louisiana call 1-877-770-stop, Massachusetts if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org for 24/7 support, Michigan call 1-800-270-7117, New York call 877-8-hope-ny or text hope-ny.
4: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
0: My goat and goats of the week. First of all, shout out uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because among, they just brought back Mason Rudolph. They're very active this offseason, more so than I can ever remember in any offseason. Um, but one that kind of slipped through the cracks there, they now have a new cornerback. His name is Luke Barku. Luke Barku! I love it! Make the team so I can say Luke Barku for years on end. Next. um, Dave Damashek. And also shout out to, to my uh, younger boy and also Jean-Claude Van Damaschek. But uh, my little boy just completed his first go go-round in Little League. And it were fits and starts. He you know didn't know what he was doing out there um, most of the time. But he did start to make contact, got his first base hit, got to be a guy who reliably was putting the ball in play and playing all that. The season ended the other night. Um, against the A's. The Yankees fell. That was a that was a tough one for me to deal with all season, was rooting for the Yankees. But he caught one right in the ear hole, caught a heater right in the ear hole, took his base, coaches came over to him, and they said, Here, we're gonna we'll we'll put in a runner for you. As he cried, because an eight year old boy, and when guys get beaned, they cry. And he was crying and he said, and he said, No, no, I want to run. And I I, I was sent to the heavens. His oh, old man wouldn't, wouldn't have that kind of resolve, but that kid did. I loved it. He, he ran the bases.
1: Now, and let me ask also, you this Jack, because it's yeah. obviously these are lots of important rites of passage, coming of age, mm-hmm. uh, father-son moments. Did, did these kids in this league learn how important it is to bat in the correct order? Did they learn the most important lesson <laughs> in baseball? You've got to bat. If you don't bat in the correct order, everything falls apart. The whole foundation of society is ripped asunder. We got to make a point. We got to make an example of this kid who went home sick.
0: There were there were there were some remarks made around the Encino Little League grounds after the most recent minus three when we talked about the about that guy. Apparently, that's not that coach's only uh, weirdo behavior with uh, with little kids playing baseball and and applying obscure rules to call kids out. Anyway. Speaking of baseball, to punctuate the end of baseball and to give him a good memory and Jacques Gladvey, the And with the, listen, the grace of of their mothers, I contacted both. I couldn't believe it. Went two for two in this. Imagine you call the mom and say, like, do you mind if I uh, if I boost the kid from school so I could for what? Take him to a baseball game. High noon start. Want him to be out there. Memory for a lifetime. And both mothers said. Do it. Of course you should do that. Yes, that sounds like a great idea. So off we went. The Chavez Ravine, the sports god, smiled on us with bright sunshine and a grand slam in the bottom of the seventh to boot. It was a magical day filled with really gross food many times over. Of course, with an eight-year-old, you knew that was going to be the focus going in, but... Boy, oh boy, did we beat the band with the nachos and the pretzel and the wieners and the ice cream and the peanuts and there were some other things mixed in there. But anyhow, um,
1: well, I think it's great, great that you're uh, that, That's an awesome memory forever. Um, and it's great that you're you're asking for permission and getting it uh, with my 15 year old Sophie. <laughs> she informs us. When she's oh. gonna be participating in school or not. And so <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we were going to see the Pixies uh, in Redondo Beach at 6:30. They take no the away 6:30 in Redondo Beach at the Beach Life Festival. We're gonna be there with Eloise at 6:30 p.m. Sophie and Eloise both decide no school on Friday. Yeah, can't go to school. Well, <laughs> why not? And we got a six thirty concert. I'm like, yeah, you'll be out of school for three hours. What? I don't know what the problem is. They're like, yeah, we're taking a we're taking an us day. Like, oh, we'll be too hungover, you know that. <laughs> and then this Saturday, cruel world in Pasadena, Sophie and I will be seeing uh, Iggy Pop and and Susie. No banshees apparently. Uh, Billy Idol, mm. Echo, and the Bunny Men. So that's going to be a good time. Some Jerry. Awesome. Up- that's Jerry good. Up- Dad,
0: and That's cool. Dad. And on your part, the Pixies, I don't know how Billy Idol fits in with that uh, collection of bands, but either way. Cool. That's neat stuff. So yes, it was a, it was a splendid time out there and uh, I'm glad we did it. And I can't give it a bigger recommendation for your kids. It really is. It's one of those things. This is something they'll remember. Okay. Maybe it doesn't send the greatest message in the world about the importance of school, but I
1: think, uh, I think well worth worth it. Um, school is dumb. I, I, I think it does send the right message about school. I think it sends the exact right message about. I school. don't know
0: why I even, I don't even know why I even tried to say something nice about school there. It what are we doing? Hey, go,
1: go, go stay in this cage for seven hours. Well, it's insane. Everything school is worth, for fools. It's yeah. I I don't know. I don't know no, what goes on there. learning is on the outside. Oh, you got to learn. I mean, statistics. What do we kind of, okay.
0: Like, listen, teach me how to spell teach me how to write, teach me, you know, addition, subtraction, multiplication.
1: After that, I don't need anything of what you think I I have to know. But didn't you, I mean, when I think about like my being an autodidact and the way I taught myself math was like, okay, earned runs divided by innings pitch times nine is ERA. Like I learned that as a little kid. Slugging percentage is total bases divided by at bats. I learned that as a little kid, you know, a free throw percentage. Like it, it just, there's so much math in sports. And if That's you're, right. into it and you're into the stats, you're like, you're better at math than all the so-called nerds who don't understand, uh, you know, what slugging percentage is or on base percentage. Um, So I, I, you know, me, I think sports is the, is the great, Teacher, I both, agree well playing you all about
0: uh, storytelling the the sense of drama associated with it yes um you know the slow burn of baseball season versus the 60 minutes once a week of football oh we could go all, on and on and romanticize all we of do it. we go on yeah. and on I well touche I'm gonna go right now and say um I mean I don't want to I don't even want to get into it because we've we've covered this uh, so many times already but the bad goat at this point is, is Tempe, Arizona, or should I say Gary Bettman's in, insistence on trying to make hockey work in Arizona. Give it up already. No one wants it. What do I argue against all the time? I feel like Eddie Spaghetti and some other people out there misread my message on this. What I'm getting at is I don't like apathy. Why would I care if they don't care? That I mean, that's the way you talk about with players if you root for a team and it becomes clear that the players are checked out it's hard to then give your heart over to it i don't like playing a team it's the penguins beat the san jose sharks to win the stanley cup i will tell you that it, in fact all their cup, a lot of their cups come against teams that don't really have oh, the, the
1: predators the, the predators <laughs>
0: Well, at least they, at least that building was rocking and they seemed to care like the Chicago Blackhawks was a more meaningful victory because that was a team with a brand and a city that was devoted to hockey. That's all I'm getting at. It ain't working in Arizona. Let's move on already. Batman, pull the bandaid off. What are we waiting for? They don't want it. Why are you going to try and
1: force it to happen there? How about this is before you overexpand into another Sunbelt city? How about this? The local Dick's Sporting Goods has to have sold 10 pairs of ice skates to the greater metropolitan <laughs> in the last decade. I mean, it's so insane. You know, yes, every one of these southern cities can get 20,000 people who, who moved there from the north to go to the hockey games, you know, and it's rocking in the buildings. But there's no culture. And I know Spaghetti's That's
0: like- That's the point. Yes. They, the they point can't. is, the sti- the, I, I tried to make it on extra points. Pittsburgh has a soccer team. I, I don't know what level it plays. It's a, it's a pro- professional team called the Riverhounds. I am aware that there are some diehards who go to those games and they insist on letting you know, hey, the Riverhounds won again. Like, how about this soccer team? Pittsburgh is like, shrug. I mean, like, no, most people don't care. That's about, oh, the building sold out great. Is there a buzz around town? I am rooting for. On some weird level, I would never actually root for the Philadelphia Flyers to win the Stanley Cup. But there have been spots where it's like, "Ah, let those people in Philadelphia have a good moment. I know they care about it. I know that they're I know that they're uh feeling it, living and dying like that." I like that more than I like apathy. It is the opposite of love is not hate. It is apathy. That's what I hate.
1: But that would be a good Kimmel man on the street is going to this these final four cities and just asking people on the street, who's your goalie? You know, I mean, like, what's a goalie? What sport? You know, whereas everybody right. in Boston is devastated. I mean, the whole town is in mourning.
0: It means something. I don't know. I don't, I feel like, I don't know why I have to keep it. I I don't have to keep explaining it. And I think most people are tired of hearing me bellyache about it, but I, but I, I must as a vain person, because it seems like people ain't getting the message. This isn't an intellectual matter. This is one, like you feel, you know what I'm talking about. And people continue to deny like, "Ah, you're, you seem like an old curmudgeon. No, no. I like people who care to be
1: rewarded for caring and they've been through it. Now, It reminds me of. It reminds me of like. I think it's like Dubai. You know, it's ah, the wealth. It's so conspicuous, but it's it's they have uh, indoor ski slopes at the hotels, and it's you know 138 degrees outside, and people are skiing, and it's like this is unnatural. mm. Like if a pond has never frozen in your state, don't have a hockey team. I I uh, like. I mean, obviously I'm a Northern snob when it comes to this, but like the point is, you know, you see an SEC football game, you're like, oh, this is the religion. This is it. This is, this is, this is real and it's much more important to them than a Boston college football game is to us. But the, the hockey thing, I I just, I don't get it. This is that they deserve whatever these ratings are because they forced it. You know, I mean, Obviously, they had to replace the North Stars with the Wild because Minnesota has to have an NHL team. But it's like, why are they in Dallas? This makes no sense. It's
0: you know, it's an interesting measure. You float out there. Boston in the seventies yielded several generations worth of now NHL players. I mean, some guys who got the itch because they watched Bobby Orr and Espo and company probably have now completed entire NHL careers. Pittsburgh did the same after the early 90s with Lemieux. Los Angeles has a pretty thriving youth hockey thing. Is does that is that true in Dallas? I don't know if it is. Is it true in Tampa St. Pete? I don't know. Um but yeah, it's an interesting measure. Like does it catch on? Does it inspire the the citizenry or the youth to to go out there and start playing the game? I like that idea. Speaking of that, another uh an, another bad goat is the hype around Victor Wembayana. I don't get, like, already these impossible standards to live up to, and, you know, I I hail guys who do rise when all the pressure in the world before they play a game is on them to do it, from Patrick Ewing to Mario Lemieux. I'm fascinated by, we really have to have this conversation, but we're already so long, I don't want to do it now. I want to talk about the, at some point, the guys who are like, this guy can't miss. And the ones that come through and then the ones who don't like Eric Lindros. But for now, you know, in an age of conspiracy theorists, if the NBA draft lottery is fixed, can you imagine there you couldn't do much worse than San Antonio? Do you agree? San Antonio Spurs is where he's going. Detroit would have been a much cooler story. I think Charlotte would have been a cooler story. The San Antonio Spurs kind of bums me out. In part, because I don't know anything about our seventh biggest city and population. It's almost one of those places that I'm not positive exists. It's kind of got that vibe of like, yeah, we hear about that river walk. That's all I've ever heard about. I can tell you two things about San Antonio, Texas. One, they have the Spurs. Two, they have the river walk. Shouldn't we know more about them? And shouldn't they have more teams that are relevant in sports if they're the seventh biggest city in our country? I'm very confused about this. And I'm a little bummed out that it's sort of like my first measure is Connor Bedard, the can't miss kid now, is in Chicago, which is good for me, for all of our teams, because he's in the other conference. So that's the first measure. I don't want the guy if he's a superstar. I don't want him in our conference if we if we don't have him. The other one is I hope he goes somewhere cool. It bummed me out when Shaq went to Orlando and this bums me out now. How say you,
1: Hench? Well, so you know about the Spurs and uh and the Riverwalk. Yeah. You know, have you have you heard of a like famous? Okay, all right. I know about the Alamo too. You're right. Okay, but it's pretty I funny if you forgot the that. Alamo. The I one thing you're supposed to do with the Alamo is remember it. Remember the Alamo. I forgot.
0: I'm a moron. <laughs> I
1: forgot about the Alamo.
0: Um, I forgot the Alamo. Oh,
1: the Alamo Oh my damn! But that is awesome. No, all right, fine. Right. I still don't know about it. They me. lost. They didn't win. Um, so I I was excited. <laughs> Uh, for Wemby in ah. San Antonio, a little bit of the other conference thing, but I do think it's, I mean, I love Popovich just beyond the beyond sure. great human, great coach. If he had the Celtics roster, they would have gone 16 and three. This, this postseason. Celtics have lost four home games in the playoffs. The other three remaining teams have lost a combined total of zero. So looking good, looking good. That's a real fortress there in Boston. But um, I, I, I was, you know, I've been watching these Wemby highlights. And
0: About as good as the Texans defending the Alamo as the Celtics are at home in Boston.
1: Exactly, Davey Crockett. So, uh, I think get this straight, okay? Paul Homgren, dirty hockey player. Mike Holmgren, chubby football coach. Right. Chet Homgren, emaciated basketball player. That on this program, I think while I was predicting it, he was getting hurt there like there is a body you can't like there's you know and I mean I I kind of felt the same way about Durant and it, he's had quite a you know v- been very durable in his career but like I watched these Wambinana highlights and I'm like um this seems like there are a lot of moving parts that could go side like I'm like wow is this really gonna hold up to the rigors of the of the 82 game season so I mean, I want the kid to succeed uh, and San Antonio, they get terrible. They get Robinson. They get terrible. They get Duncan. They get terrible. They they get Wemby. It's kind of an interesting history of the franchise. Like they, they always time it just right. But um, yeah, I don't, it's, it's not like what Lou Alcindor must've been like, where you're like, oh, he would be the best player in the NBA right now. Like when you're watching him as a you know a freshman beat the varsity. Is that what's going to happen?
0: By the way, when they ca- because that is there people are very casual about like greatest basketball prospect of all time. Like man, I wasn't around for Wilt coming up, but I remember some buzz around a lot of guys. And I'm I, he's he's a better prospect than Shaq and Ewing. There were I mean or or Ralph Sampson. I mean maybe that's your best example there of all the guys that are long and lean like that who can do more than what you're supposed to do when you're over 7 feet. Ralph Sampson is maybe the best example of that of how quickly it breaks down.
1: It breaks down. But I mean the other thing is like remember Willis Allison, right? Remember when we were uh you know, we were and they did this on the last dance, but it's like, you know, we're in the we're at the height of Jordan mania. Like Jordan was so beautiful to watch that like non-bulls fans were like I just can't wait to watch the bulls. Like it's such an enjoyable watch to watch the greatest player of all time play. Then I remember I was playing basketball. I remember the first time I heard the name and somebody had heard that thing of like, you know, there's a guy named Tony Kukoc who's better than Jordan, right? The European yep. overhype, like, and again, Doncic. although I'm not really sure how many titles Doncic is going to win as the guy, but this European exaggeration goes on and on. oh, you you're not gonna believe, you know, Jordan, you're gonna forget about Michael Jordan two months into Tony Kukoc's career. And then Jordan tells Pippen uh in the in the Olympics, just guard Kukoc and 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 don't ever let him get a shot off. And he'll learn what the NBA is like. So yeah, anytime you you hear about a European who's gonna change the game, it's like, Let's see him score on a couple NBA players first. Darko Darko can't miss. who Darko go in front of again? He goes second. So it goes LeBron. I thought Darko, that was that you right? Mello. LeBron, Darko, Mello.
2: Wade, Bosh. Bosh,
1: Wade. Yes. Bosh, Wade, Wade, <laughs> Bosh.
0: <laughs> Good pick, Detroit. Maybe you don't deserve Wemby. Um. All right, Eddie Spaghetti, take it away. You're Goat Goats, and well, then let's do some Best Bet Yeah, I
2: wanted, I wanted to jump in on the Tempe because that was also my bad goat from the different perspective, so we're going to now dig up this uh, hockey conversation again. I
0: didn't mean to. I just wanted to weigh in on, like, now that we know that the people have voted in Arizona, well, like, there's no more mystery about it. they don't want it. They don't care about it.
2: I think the major issue is, I mean, for, first of all, politicians voting on what people may want. I just feel like you have – a team that's been there, you haven't like you have had a good roster in quite some time. You haven't had your own building in quite some time. I just feel like moving away to Salt Lake City, which is a, like a rumor destination, which is like a super sleepy town. If you ask anyone that, you know, that works, uh, you know, for the NBA and when players go there, when coaches and, and media go there, like it, Salt Lake is terrible. Um, and I think Houston, like I, I don't think Texas is a, a great hockey. I understand population wise, but I think Tempe. I know now they're actually speaking to the city of Mesa, which is not too far away from Tempe. Uh, but I, Mesa. But I, I think they should stay there. I think they, they have. I love the uniforms. Clayton Keller is a stud. They build, They got a good coach and get some pieces around him. I know they traded Chickering. Hopefully, get some picks and prospects in the return of that one. I, I, I just don't. I don't understand. This fascination with like you you're what you guys are both basically saying is you just rather hockey be a niche sport and only be yes. in cold weather environments. I don't yes. agree with that. I just definitely don't agree with that because then you're not gonna be a major sport. You're gonna fall by the wayside and become like a UFC lacrosse sort of like golf tennis sort of sport instead of what it is and i think we're in a position now where the nhl actually is growing and i think moving it and and also gary batman has zero interest in moving any team to canada so uh, i i think if you're stuck between houston salt lake city or going, or just staying in arizona uh, my vote is staying with arizona so uh, know i know
0: yourself uh, understanding yourself is an important aspect of a uh of a, probably a, a a happy human being this is the let's consider that a professional sports league this ain't this ain't it you're you are a provincial sport you're played on ice ponds i mean that's that's its roots what are we do what, why are you trying to jam it into places where it's a hundred degrees where I don't don't agree with that hockey.
2: I don't agree with that either. I mean, first of all, awesome Matthews is one of the best players in the sport and he's from, he's from that state. Uh, I also think that like in Southern California has been pumping out a a ton. I mean, I'm from New York city and the, the Rangers have been around original six team. for every kid that I know that plays hockey or played hockey growing up. I know 10 kids that played football, 15 kids that played basketball and 20 kids that played baseball. Like it just hockey in general is a very expensive sport to play. I don't think the area matters. If you want to play hockey, you're going to play hockey no matter where you're from. I I just think jumbling around, pushing teams in new markets doesn't make any sense. I think they should have more support uh, of where they are. And I do hope they stay there. I I just I don't agree with the stance that it should be provincial. I think it should be uh, we should build up right now. Strike, you know, like while it's hot, the ratings are up. You have a new TV de- uh, new TV deal. Uh, I, I think we've we've hit on some expansions, and I think that there is a chance to revive this Arizona thing. But I, oh. I, I'm like so tired of talking about this. Yeah.
0: Okay. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Here's the. But I will say this. What I, I did catch something last night. There's a commercial running because you mentioned the positive coverage on TNT. Wayne Gretzky doesn't get enough discredit for being hockey's Magic Johnson. This legendary figure has nothing interesting to say about it. Magic Johnson's tweets are. A bit of comedy. Wayne Gretzky, they have him doing a promo. And he's like, uh, no, the in that weirdo voice that he talks in, like the the conference, the conference finals are, are something uh, kind of unique because if you win those, if you win that series, you get to play in the final. That's the promo. Fascinating, Wayne. Wait, so if you win. The conference final, it's it's what, what makes it special is that then if you win that series, then you play in the next round. Great stuff, Wayne. Great. You're the best. Let's pay you heaps of money to win. I mean, my goodness, is he a bum?
2: <laughs> yeah, he's not great. But the, the TNT I mean, but you watch TNT for Biz and Colby Armstrong. Biz is had- great. Henrik Lundqvist, and I think Liam does a good job of uh, kind of playing point guard there. Uh, Anson Carter is awesome, um, but the uh, and then I'll, I'll round it out with my my good goat here. And check, you're bringing up the Little League Yankees. I'll bring up the Major League Yankees. Um, and Aaron Judge is going to get my good goat. But I have to say, this this Blue Jays regular season mid May I've never seen a series create more weird storylines than this one series did. You have the Judge. Is he is he stealing signs uh, and, and that, which I'll get to. Then you have the the whole fat boy comment with the coaching staff, you know, the Blue Jays versus the Yankees coaching staff. And we covered that in EP. Brian Wilkerson kind of looks like Sal apparently. And then this whole Domingo Herman, uh he, a sticky substance on his hand. He denied what it was. The Yankees are uh, he wanted to appeal. The Yankees said, don't just take it like a lot of weird stuff. But back to the judge thing, they're saying that he's looking towards the dugout, trying to steal signs. He comes out and says, that's total nonsense. I was actually getting angry with his own teammates uh, for chirping the umpire for being in a a 6-0 lead. Also, if it matters, I mean, there's always been stealing signs in baseball. The problem is when you use technology like the Astros did to then steal signs. I think stealing signs have been around since the 1800s. So uh, even if Judge was doing something in that, area. Uh, I, don't, I don't I would not criticize him, but I just love the captain came out and was actually mad at his own teammates. And then he's like, I had a conversation with them after. So good job, captain. Good job, Yankees. That was a very, very wacky series uh, mid-May.
1: And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Hey, real quick question. Wayne Gretzky, last 50 years, more successful back checks or interesting (laughs) observations about hockey?
0: It's a tie. It's a trick question. Zero to zero. (laughs) <laughs> zero times zero. I love it. Listen, any chance
1: we get to pile on Gretzky? Oh, he's the, he's
0: he's the worst. Don't ever forget, he threw his wife under the bus around that gambling scandal. If you don't know what I'm talking about, looking it up from what was that, 15, 20 years ago? Oh, now. perfect. Speaking of gambling, I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't. I'm like Speaking
1: of gambling, Wayne. what's yeah, this no. is going on under your roof? Like, I, not that this I know is, uh, of. Like, this this you have to talk great to segue her. segue to best beats that I'm Let's sure our host will now make.
0: I was ready to go. No, you know what? Because I'm a gentleman, I want you to go first. Okay.
1: So uh you guys, you know, you we had the capital consequences because you knew the Lakers were gonna make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um I I believe the Lakers are gonna are gonna beat the Nuggets. Uh-huh. Uh you, you know, it's they're they're I think they're plus two ten right now. Yep. I, I'm That's on it. them. I'm on them tonight. I don't know when you're listening, plus five and a half, on them for the series. Um that The Nuggets blowing that huge lead, but like Jokic makes the ridiculous shot. I mean, it's pretty lucky when you, when you throw one in the ocean against, you know, a closeout like ADs, then Jamal Murray makes a crazier one where he's not even squared up on the basket. They took a point away because his foot was over the line. Then Porter makes an insane one from the corner. They had eight points that were, I don't want to say nonsense but we're fairly lucky. The Lakers, meanwhile, are getting exactly what shot they want for the entire second half. Like they have this one play where LeBron drove, you know, they did the pick and roll with AD LeBron drives to the right, brings a little traffic with him, bounce pass, pocket pass to AD. Hachimura had been set up in the corner and it always leaves that wing defender with two guys to guard. You've got the guy on the bump, which was Austin Reeves, where he hit two from, and then you've got the guy in the corner and you kind of have to cheat it and play equidistant between those two guys and then close out one of them. Nachomura just went back door. Bruce Brown never saw him. And AD passed it immediately for a dunk. And I was like, I I saw that play and I'm like, I think they can do stuff like that every time. Like if Austin Reeves is going to make that foul line extended uh, wing three, and, and and Hachimura's shooting at a ridiculous percentage from three, like they present more, pro- as many problems as the cheat code Jokic presents, the Lakers present five problems. Like I agree. And, and then, you know, Hachimura checking Jokic head up in a way that allowed AD to be the back line of defense is like, oh, that's very problematic. So I was like, You know, I came away from game one being like the Lakers are better and deeper. And so if you can get, you know, you know, plus, you know, if you can get over two to one on the better team, that seems like a a best bet. Uh, I like that. And I also
0: will say, I, you know, philosophically going into these playoffs, I said the Suns are going to win it because you have two, a plus scores. You don't need uh, anyone else. I was proven wrong on that. You watch the Lakers. What they have is they have a bunch of, B-level scores, you don't know who can kill you on a given night. That's just a handful defensively in the NBA just because you don't see it very often. But, but to your point, the Lakers legitimately have five or six guys who can drop 15 or 20 on you in a given night, um, including D'Angelo
1: Russell. And, didn't it's, yeah, and, it, it, and it's no longer a surprise when those guys make a big shot. Like you're just like kind of getting used to it and they're getting used to it. And uh, so so that's a best bet. And then the I'm other- with you on that plus 175 on the money line if you
0: want to take the Lakers in game 2.
1: And then the other one that I know Spaghetti's going to love is um and I did this with with Vasilevsky the last year the Lightning won the cup Jake Ottinger is plus 1400 to win the consmite mm-hmm. Uh Spaghetti has been way out in front on the stars uh, uh from before the playoffs started and you know if it the, the stars don't have a McDavid where it's like, obviously, or a dry sidle. Those guys are no longer in the playoffs. Congratulations, NHL. Um, where obviously, if your team wins the, the cup, one of these guys is going to lead the team in score You know, like there's going to be an obvious Joe Sackick type candidate. The stars feel like the perfect team to bet on the goalie to win the Conn Smythe. And he's plus 1,400.
0: It's a great, I I think that's a great play. I also said the other day, um, you know, Jason Robertson for as much as he's lit it up in the last couple of years has done nothing. These playoffs, if he catches fire, I'll, I'll attach to that. The stars is an interesting play to win the cup from here on out because their best goal scorer hasn't been scoring goals all spring long. And I'm inclined because I'm, I'm I'm a glass half full human being. I think everybody can agree on that. Um, the chance that he emerges in these next few games maybe gives them the inside track. If he starts to hit the gas a little bit, egad! So yes, I'm with you on the stars and spaghetti. Who again? Shout out! He picked them before the the whole thing even started. Yeah. Before you go, Hench, quickly! Celtics Heat Game Two Heat. I mean, plus nine the celtics are the celtics are given nine points after what we just saw i think you got to take the the heat although that feels so seductive that maybe i should go against well, my instinct you know it's funny it because
1: it, it, the interesting thing about that number is um the celtics lose all the close ones they 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 can't they just in, incapable of executing an offensive play when it matters and incapable of getting a stop when it matters so you you don't have to worry about the Celtics winning and not covering. So if you think the Celtics are going to win game two, go ahead and give the points because they're going to win by 17. You know, it's like a weird number. Like it's Mm -hmm. like they're, they're they're not going to win by four because then they'll just lose. (laughs) So bet heat, bet heat money line or Celtics to cover. All right. Good
0: stuff from you, Hench, as always. Uh, I know you're going to head back out to the picket line. Um, uh, be well, there he goes. The great Kevin Hench, everybody. All right, Eddie Spaghetti, lay it on us. Your best bets going into the weekend here.
2: I want to give out the stars over the Panthers plus 700. Um, and that's in the Stanley cup finals. I want to give that out now to get good odds on that. And, and just to piggyback off of what Hench is talking about with the stars and Ottinger, I have to say, number one, I mean, out of all, like every goalie, basically in this pl- the playoffs has been flip-flop with their backup, uh, not not the stars. Andre's been the guy, and the, and the defense in front of him has made it a lot easier. I know you're talking about Robertson not being great, but he's been uh good, especially defensively, and having guys like Haskin has been awesome, and Suter, and some veterans there. Um, life's been good for him. But you know, there's a great article in the Athletic that has uh they they anonymously interview a scout and a, an executive and a coach, um, to make the picks for the the series, and they're saying that like yeah, the the Knights are basically the Kraken. But just with better players, so I do think that, that series may go seven. Um, I do really like the the Stars' roster; I think they are deep. And like you said, if Robo heats it up, uh, and they already have secondary scoring from guys like Sagan and Ben and, and Pavelski, um, I think that they have a, ch- a chance to to really uh, pass them and then to win the Cup. That's why I'm picking them. And then you know the Eastern Finals. The Panthers, they topped the best team. Like they've versed the team that has the best defense, the best goalie situation, uh, forwards that play both ways, and they got by that. The Hurricanes, the Islanders, I hope, you know, Meatballs and the Scully family don't listen to this, but, you know, they just were not an impressive team. I know they made the trade for Horvat. They can't really score. They just relied on Sorokin. Obviously, the Hurricanes get by that. The Devils say what you want about the high flying team. They scored a lot of points. I understand that. And, And Hughes had a great season. But if you watch the Devils play, they are a one-dimensional offense and they they attack you on the rush. They're much like how Edmonton Oilers play, but they don't have the same uh, in-zone offense creation that Edmonton has, especially on the power play. So I'm not shocked that the Hurricanes even missing, um, you know, Svechnikov and Tara Viner, who is returning, uh, they got by that. I just think with this Panthers team, like they're just so hot offensively and they have so many ways to beat you and they're just going to be, it's an onslaught and it's going to be overwhelming. And plus Bobrovsky's you know, He's a streaky goalie, but he's in a good streak right now. Uh two-time Vezina winner. So I really do like the the Panthers to to go past them. But when these two teams meet, I just think that the stars are they to me, arguably one of the most complete teams that entered this playoffs. Um, So I am going to stick with the stars uh, plus 700 right now. Bet that uh hopefully plus 700 a really fun fu-
0: is a, is a fun play for the exact final. Um, I go against you there though. I'll go with the the canes because of that's where we disagree is on Bob. He's had some big flame outs and big spots. He has been very good this spring though.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's always been a streaky goaltender. And uh, again, back to that article, they're like, if he's if he's staying in this hot streak, he arguably could be, you know, he is one of the best goalies when he's playing well. And it's not like if they had to switch back to to Lyon they could easily do that because he is like he proved himself. I was in that first series. And um, but I I do see this Canes. If you want to watch high scoring, fun, fast paced hockey. I think we are going to get a lot of like four, three, five, four games, a lot of close I games. I, I think it will probably also go the distance. I think these, we we have two potential seven game series here because well, I mean, look at the odds. I mean, it's just so even across the board, Um, any, ma- any combination of matchups uh, for this finals would not shock me. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: All right, listen, great job there. Uh, Another couple of great shows from the minus three game this gang this week. Uh, We appreciate all the notes. Drop us a line at minus three pod. If you're so inclined, let us know what you want to hear more of, less of your thoughts. Who's right? Who's wrong? All that. Like I said at the top of the show, great episode with Handsome Hank and Matt Money Smith. Go back and listen to that. We deep dive on the AFC. I thought it was a pretty interesting conversation. Plus some hooey and applesauce. As always, mixed in there um, all the way over the Extra Points Network, putting out some great content right now as these two playoffs come down and we get ready for the NFL, all the rest of it. Make sure you're checking out all that great stuff. And on the other side of the sports weekend, we'll talk to you. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.